The Holy Gospel according to St. Luke, the 18th chapter. Glory to you, O Lord. Then Jesus told them a parable about their need to pray always and not to lose heart. He said, In a certain city there was a judge who neither feared God nor had respect for the people. In that city there was a widow who kept coming to him and saying, Grant me justice against my opponent. For a while he refused. Later he said to himself, Though I have no fear of God and no respect for anyone, yet because this widow keeps bothering me, I will grant her justice, so that she may not wear me out by continually coming. And the Lord said, Listen to what the unjust judge says. And will not God grant justice to his chosen ones who cry out to him day and night? Will he delay long in helping them? I tell you, he will quickly grant justice to them. And yet, when the Son of Man comes, will he find faith on earth? Gospel of the Lord. Thanks to you, O Christ. The assembly may be seated. Grace and peace to you from God, our Creator, and our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Earlier this week, I had the opportunity to attend the rostered ministers gathering for all of the clergy people in the metropolitan Chicago city. It was a nice retreat, we'll say, an overnight retreat. But what I realized is it is not restful to be in a room with a hundred or so clergy person all packed in together. Rest is not really the way I would describe it, but it was good nonetheless. The spirit was certainly active in those spaces. It was delightful to participate in worship without having to preach or preside. It was wonderful to reconnect with some of my colleagues, the likes of whom I haven't seen in person for years. It was a great treat to sit there and have a fireside chat with Bishop Yehail Curry, who sat there and patiently and thoughtfully and honestly responded to our questions and concerns that we had as clergy people in this area and lifting up a word of good news to encourage us as we left. This retreat had it all, really. It had preaching and presentations and prayer. Well, sort of. You see, that, that's where things got a little bit rough. You see, at dinner, Bishop Curry, when all were done with their desserts, stood up and called the room to attention. And in that space and in that moment, he said, I'd like to take this as an opportunity for us to pray together all that which lies on our hearts. And so the bishop said, do we have prayer requests? Well, come on. You're in a room full of pastors. Do we have prayer requests? Of course we do. We prayed for parishioners, right? We prayed for those who need healing, those who are celebrating, those who are dying. We prayed for justice in the world. So many wonderful petitions were lifted up. Then Bishop Curry made a second request. And now, who among you would like to pray these requests? You want to know how many in a room full of clergy raise their hand? Zero. Not one of us. I've never seen a group of people go like this faster as we all stared down at our empty plates praying that we wouldn't have to pray in front of each other. The funny thing there then is I then sat down the next day and read our gospel and said, I wish we would have had this parable, right, to pray always and not lose heart. I wish the bishop had it because I'm pretty sure he lost heart as he looked around that room at the clergy he had in his sin and going like this. Oh, jeez, guys, come on. Right? But this is important for us, right? Prayer is important. 
And this is, a, this is an interesting parable. And what's interesting about it, it's one of the few where we actually get the sort of punchline at the beginning. Jesus wants it to be no mistake what we're in for. And he says, this is a lesson about praying always and not losing heart. And it's there that the narrative starts to unfold and we meet the characters. We meet a widow. A widow who is looking for justice in an unjust world. A widow who has nothing more than her persistence to her name and it is a tool that she wields quite well. On the other side, we have a judge. Or, as one commentary put it, a dirty politician. A dirty politician who identifies his own shortcomings as not being terribly faithful and certainly not caring for those in need, particularly people like this widow. A, just who, a judge who's so unjust that the only reason he even gives justice at the end isn't because he wants to be benevolent, it's because he's annoyed. He's so annoyed by this widow's request for justice that finally he's like, just, just leave and I'll do whatever you want, right? And as a parent, I totally get that feeling, right? Just, just, what do you want and leave me alone, right? We've seen this before. This is our parable. But you want to know what's missing in our parable? The word prayer. Not once in a parable that we are told is explicitly about praying always do we even get an inkling of prayer. Seems like an odd choice. Until it is that we take a step back. And we begin to understand that this is, yes, all about prayer, but maybe it's more than that, too. Maybe it's about the intersectionality of prayer, the intersectionality of worship, the intersectionality of justice, and those things all coming together as they are meant to. Now, my life of prayer, right, my understanding of God, my faith tells me that certainly our God is nothing like this unjust person, right? Can't be, right? Our God is, is all about justice, right? And I cringe at this idea that a good life of prayer is, is just badgering God until we get what we want. That if you just ask hard enough and if you ask frequently enough, eventually God's just going to throw God's hands up and say, geez, Zach, just leave me alone. I'll give you what you're asking for. And I'm going to tell you, friends, it doesn't work that way. Because if I got what I was asking for, I wouldn't have suffered through that entire Bears game on Thursday. I would have been put out of my misery like I prayed for at halftime. If I got what I was asking for, I would have all the money in the world, or at least the largest toy collection you've ever seen, which now that I think about it, I might have. So, okay, some wishes do come true. If, if my prayers, and I got whatever I asked for, then my friend, my colleague, my mentor wouldn't be in hospice right now awaiting the life that is to come. You see, and that's the challenge, right? That we know from life experience that that's not how prayer works. That's just not how this all plays out. And it's in that moment, it's with that realization, that I really came to terms with the fact that I believe that this parable is all about me. This parable is just for me. Think about it, right? How quick in my litany of prayer requests did I turn God into some sort of wish granter, into a justice genie, right? Who's going to wave a wand and just make the world perfect, at least according to what I think perfection looks like, of course, because I have all the best ideas and solutions. Maybe I need a reminder that prayer isn't about getting what I want, 
but it is instead about participating in what it is that God does and God desires for all people, about participating in a world filled with justice, love, care, compassion, and grace. And that's, I think, where I've come to fall short over the years. I've totally separated out those actions of prayer and justice as far apart as I can. See, justice, the pastor, is the thing that I do, right? I'm the prophetic voice that speaks out for those who have none. I get riled up when, when people's rights are taken from them. I stand firm for what I believe, and what I believe in is what's best for all people. That's my work. Now, the prayer part is God's work. It's all those things I can't fix that I push onto God's plate and said, look, I'm doing my part. Now you're going to do your part. And at the end, we're going to meet in the middle. Problem is, can't separate the two out. The reality that I'm beginning to come to terms with is that maybe we instead need to bring those two things back together. That work of prayer and that work of justice isn't just ours or just God's. It's the work that we share. And what it leads to is something we already know about, and that thing is called the kingdom of God. A place where our actions are reflective of our prayers and God's desires for us. We don't badger God to intercede in unjust places, but instead, instead, we act in just ways. See, prayer is important. Trust me, I'm a professional. However, I think it's bigger than that. I think prayer is but a part of our larger faith. And remember, today's lesson at the beginning isn't just about praying always. It's about not losing heart. It's about not losing heart in a world that is filled with injustices. It's about not losing heart when we pray fervently for something and it doesn't seem to happen. It's about not losing heart as we sit in hospice rooms, hold the hands of the people who we care for, and prepare to say goodbye to them, recognizing that we will never see them again, at least not in this life. Those are sacred spaces. Those are significant spaces. Those are spaces where prayer is so, so powerful. And when things don't happen the way we want them to, beginning to realize it's not that God's not listening, or it's not that my prayers are unanswered, that maybe I need to continue to mature in my own faith and my own understanding, my own recognition of how it is that God is present in the meantime. That's hard. Because I don't know if you know this about me. I'm not patient. Never have been. Never will be. Ask my wife. The truth is, I think that's what this is all about today. You know, my heart aches for people who suffer from injustices now. I I don't want to wait for a day to come. But maybe, as we wait, we need to wrestle. We need to wrestle with the powers, the principalities, the brokenness of empire that exists around us in our political and social and economic systems. We have to wrestle in the meantime. I want healing for the people that, that I love more than anything. And when I don't get it, Maybe I need to be reminded that we've already received all that we need through Christ and the cross, that we've already been promised something greater than this life, the next. 
begin to live this life as if I really truly trusted that promise. As I think about our parable today, as I think about our text today, I don't think it's just about prayer or just about persistence. But I think there's a third P too. Patience. Patience when we don't get what we want. Patience when it feels as though our prayers are unanswered. Patience as we stare death in the face and recall the promise of resurrection that is to follow. And it's in that space and it's in that place that I'm reminded of the prayer that we're going to pray in a few minutes, right? The Lord's Prayer that begins, Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as in heaven. Notice, notice, it's not my will being done. It's God's will. It's God's time. It's God's kingdom. And that's hard. Because although it's here, it's not fully realized. And in the meantime, we wait. We pray. And we hold fast to the knowledge that this work is unfolding even if we haven't seen its completion yet. For me, as I enter into these spaces with you, these difficult moments in your lives, with your loved ones, I want you to know that God's presence is there, that God is with us, and that maybe that's the answer to the prayers that we needed all along, a reminder that God is with us always. Thanks be to God. Amen.